about God when He speaks, something happens. Amen? When God speaks, something happens. And lives are changed and lives are transformed. I hope that you and I both are an example of a life that's transformed because God spoke into our lives and drew us and drawing us to the Father. You know, we, we, we read that psalm last week and we talked about trees being shattered by His voice. We talked about foundations being changed. And in John chapter 5, we're going to read from it here in just a minute, but uh, I, in preparation for this week, I couldn't help but think, why didn't I use this last week? It would have been awesome. Sometimes That's a problem with being a, a, a pastor. You, you preach something and then the rest of the week you find more stuff that would have been so good. Jesus said in chapter 5, he said that uh, the life is in the Son. The Father put life in the Son that he's going to speak and they'll hear his voice and they'll come to life. And then he goes on, he says, and don't be amazed at this. He said, one day everybody that's in the grave will hear the voice of the Son of God and they will be raised to either life or condemnation. That's powerful. That confirms why Jesus had to say, Lazarus, come forth. Because if he'd have said, come forth, everything would have come forth. He had to be specific because God is powerful and when the voice of God speaks, things change. But our question today is, to hear or not to hear, that is the question. Amen? To hear or not to hear. Because the reality of it is this, according to John 10, 27, Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them and they follow me. This has a suggestion as a choice for us to listen to God. You want to know what God is not? He's not one of those people that's a loud talker. Even though it says that his voice is thundering, he's not that person that you sit by in the restaurant and talks on their phone the whole time. Oh my gosh, I can't believe she said that to you. Well, I'll tell you what I would do. And everybody in the restaurant, because they're a loud talker, knows and they don't want to know. They don't care to know. They don't like it. They don't want to hear. I stood in the driveway next to my mother-in-law's house, and I I love my mother-in-law and and grandmother-in-law, but they're both loud talkers on the phone. Both of them are, and they know it, and I tease them about it. I haven't teased them about it a long time, but one summer night, I pulled up in front of the house, and uh, Donita's house had the front door open, and the screen door was open there. And, and, and Pat had her house, her windows were open, the screens. And I heard the entire conversation. <laughs> they were both on the phone talking to each other, and I just stood there and listened. In the yard. <laughs> so I went, <laughs> I don't know what they said, that wasn't worth that. So I, I know what I said. I went in the house and I said, why don't you just go over to the window and scream at each other and keep the lines open? <laughs> Mother-in-law didn't appreciate that very much. What God is not, God is not a loud talker, okay? He's, he has a thundering voice, but we as sheep, everybody go, bah, wow. you're a bunch of sheep. All of us as sheep have a choice whether or not we're going to listen. How many of us know that a little kid can hear, but they don't listen? Sometimes you got to take their little cheeks and take them by the chin and make them make eye contact with you. 
Because you port their face and they're going, do you hear me? Do you, do you hear? Listen, you listen. Listen to me. That's how we are with God. God speaks to us and we have a choice whether or not we're going to listen to Him. His voice is powerful. His voice is thundering according to the psalm we read last week. But the reality of it is this. Are we going to choose to listen? If we will choose to listen, we are called His sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. In other words, their ears are attentive. And He says, I know them. And they obey me. You want to know what defines a Christian? I'll tell you what defines a Christian. They listen for the voice of God. They look for, they look for the voice of God. They're attentive to the voice of God. Which means they'll show up at church on Sunday. Now I'm not saying that's the only defining thing about a Christian. But it's a person that's interested in what God has to say. Amen? They'll actually open their Bible sometime other than on Sunday. I won't get as many amens on this one. And they'll go into some kind of a prayer closet or some place to expose themselves to the presence of God so that they can hear from Him. They will be listening for, they will be intentional for hearing the voice of their shepherd. And God says, if they do that, I'll know them. How many of us know it's important that we be known by God? How many of us know that we don't want to stand someday before Jesus and say, but Lord, look, I did all these wonderful things in your name. And he'll say, depart from me. I never what? I never knew you. So the only way we're going to know God or for God to know us is that we will listen for his voice. We'll be called his sheep and he'll know us. And his sheep will obey. Not obey. (laughs) Will obey what they hear him say. In other words, I will go to church. I will expose myself to the Word of God. I will, I will get in prayer. Oh my goodness, that little baby's here and I didn't even look out and see you. I was busy leading worship. And she's walking out. We can have Grandma present the little baby. She's beautiful. Little Dakota, stand up and show that little girl off. She's like this big. Six, six pounds... Was she six pounds? Something? 16, 13 ounces. I don't know, but I think I've had steaks that big before. <laughs> Jeremy, you just did a, what'd you do, a brisket over the weekend? It was 14 pounds, right? It's twice that big. That's a big piece of meat. What were we talking about? We were talking about the voice of God. Listen. I heard that voice, and I'm so used to Micah was disruptive in the first service. I thought it was Micah, so I didn't even look around. I thought he was going to go out and get beat. I told him on the way out the door in the first service, I said, you're going to get food, buddy, but one of these days, if you're crying in a service like that, they won't take you out to feed you. It's coming. you got to listen to the voice. If we listen to the voice, we obey the voice. These people will show up at church, they'll hear it and actually apply it to their lives and plan on living it. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I decided to start doing a proverb a day and explain it on Facebook, or at least speak something of my heart to it. Why? Because I have this burden in my heart that people don't even open the Word. They don't want to listen because they don't think there's anything there for them. I can't understand it. I don't know it. How many of us know that this culture needs some godly wisdom? So I thought, yeah, I'll throw it out there. If people read it, great. If not, that's not my problem. They've got to listen. So this is the definition 
of what it is to be a Christian. And so in this relationship, we have a responsibility. Jesus speaks, we listen, He knows us, and we obey. Look at John 5, 24-26. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes Him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. I tell you the truth. A time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son to have life in Himself. So Jesus, full of life, will speak life to those who believe and those who are going to listen. It is going to be an internal work. Get this, the first work of salvation and resurrection is a decision where God's going to draw and speak and if we will listen, we'll respond. Over the last uh, seven days, we've we've seen about 12 salvations. I say about because I was crying so hard I couldn't count everybody. We had a couple here last week and then, and then over uh, at Norma's funeral we, we had ten. Norma lived for Jesus. Norma don't care. She probably, she's so enthralled with God right now she, she ain't worried about any of it. But this resurrection will take place when people listen. Ten people, about ten people at Norma's funeral listened to the voice of God and responded accordingly. There was a large group there. Maybe there were some that listened and responded in their hearts and didn't raise their hands. And maybe there were some people there that heard what I said but didn't really listen to what God said. There's a a responsibility for us as sheep to listen to our shepherd. The second half of that verse that I don't have in here to read right now says that everybody, as I talked about at first, that is in the grave is going to hear. That we don't have a choice about. You see, everybody's going to hear that one. Rise to life, either to eternal life or to condemnation. God is able and powerful to force His voice, but He's not going to because He's gentle, He's purposeful, and He wants those whosoever will, amen, to come to Him. Bringing our will under His So once we've heard the voice of God, once we've responded, we've been born again, God doesn't stop speaking, and He will not, and we will not stop listening. Again, John 10, 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. All those things, my sheep listen, it doesn't say my sheep listened, and it doesn't say my sheep followed. It says that we do this. This is what we do. It's a definition of a sheep. It's a continuation of what God birthed in us by drawing us to Him in His presence. It's a continuation of, what a wonderful thing to continue in the presence of God. What a wonderful thing to continue to listen. Not just to get saved and then ignore the voice of God the rest of my life, but to continue to listen. Where is God taking me today? What is God saying to me today? What is He going to do today? And then to obey, not just obey one time by responding to an altar call, but every single day of my life, obeying Christ as He brings revelation to my heart. It is by the Spirit of God, folks. This is Pentecost Sunday. And God speaks to us by His Spirit. The avenue by which God will minister to us will be through His Word and by His Spirit, by a gentle nudge of His Spirit directing and guiding us. Jesus said this in John 14, All this I have spoken while while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Teaching and reminding. 
How many teachers we got in the room? Raise your hand, Tiff. You're a graduate. You're a teacher. Raise it. Whoop. Anybody else? There's a teacher. Any other teachers? We got a few teachers. How many of you teachers ever taught your class in silence? Some of you said, I wish we could, Pastor. The little buggers don't ever shut their mouths. You know that, don't you? I wish we could teach in silence. Could you all just be quiet, please? You have to speak to teach. And if the Holy Spirit is going to teach us, He has to speak to us. Right? Here's the dilemma. Years ago, I've shared this before, but years ago, my wife, I like to use her as an example because she loves me and she won't divorce me or hate me for using her as an example. But anyway, you won't, will you? Okay, all right. (laughs) Years ago, we were in youth ministry and she says, you know, God, he doesn't talk to me like he talks to you. He talks to you. Maybe you ought to ask God because he doesn't ever talk to me. He talks to you. He talks to you, not me. And I said, he talks to you. She's like, no, he doesn't. He talks to you. He doesn't ever talk to me. I don't, I, I, I listen, but I don't ever hear God. And then about five minutes later, we're having a conversation. She goes, oh, I got these ideas for girls group. We're going to go here and we're going to make a, a retreat here and do an outing here. We're going to have these topic points, these scripture references and this and this. And the whole time I'm sitting there going, I said, I thought you said you never heard from God. She goes, I don't. I said, then could you please explain where all this stuff came from? Well, it was just in my devotion. I said, bingo! You heard from God. See, a lot of times people expect this big, ah, God shows up and, and uh, says, hey, what? I want you to know. It's, it's, it's a very gentle leading of the Holy Spirit, an internal relationship where He speaks and ministers to us and guides us. And then it also says that He will remind us How many husbands are in the room? Raise your hand. How many of you have ever had your wife remind you of something? Yes. <laughs> There's a reason, guys, why Genesis refers to them as our help meet. Because you and I, gentlemen, are jacked up in the head. And we forget stuff all the time. And my lovely wife yesterday, I was leaving the baccalaureate and she so lovingly reminded me of the multiple things that I needed to get done before I came home. It wasn't a mean thing. She just knows that when I get focused on one or two things that I'm going to forget it all and then we're going to have to make another trip. I don't take offense to it. But I will say, I remember every single time except for the times that she forgets to remind me. (laughs) Have you ever had to remind your husband without telling him Or writing him a note or sending him a text. You know, I open up the Word of God and I see where the Spirit is reminding me of what God has said. Sometimes the Spirit sends me a text message. Some of you say, Pastor, I don't hear from God. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been in, a, in one of your days, you've been out in, out, in the, out in the woods or out in nature somewhere and you see something and you look at it and you say, you know what, that reminds me of what God has said about the ant. Look at the ant, you sluggard. And you're watching the ants work and you just begin to... Do you really think that just came from you? That's called God sending you a text message reminding you of what He has said. What you have read in the book, what He has told you about, He's He's going to speak to you and remind you. He will teach you things. Sometimes you'll be out somewhere and something will happen. You can be any place. You can can sit there and something go, oh wow, that's a great spiritual truth. 
I'll never forget the day I walked along uh, the beach with, with April and we were walking along the side and the water goes up and the water goes back and the water goes up and the water goes back and the Holy Spirit says to me, remember I told you I set those boundaries. It's like, oh. The scripture says that he set the boundaries for the ocean and told it, could, it told it that it could only come this far. See, those moments are the Holy Spirit teaching you and speaking to your heart and directing your life and building you up in your most precious faith, in your holy faith. You can hear from God. And the problem is that people get caught up and they want all this other stuff, all the hullabaloo. You know what a hullabaloo is? I hope it's not a bad word because I just said it and it's not in my notes. All the craziness of Christianity. I can't help, but I think... Of, of, of uh, Elijah. Sometimes you know that the most powerful things can be said in a whisper. I think of Jesus and I see in the scripture when he healed the sick, he didn't always scream at them. Sometimes he just spoke a word. Be healed. Sometimes he just leans over and says, Talitha, Arise. You know, sometimes in, in, in Pentecost, we get caught up in loud, noisy things. And those are all good. But sometimes we can get distracted by the loud, noisy and forget, I'm supposed to hear the voice of God and obey it. For example, Elijah. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind for the, tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What I'm afraid of in our culture is, is sometimes we follow all kinds of winds, fires, and earthquakes, and we never find the voice of God in it. And people are deceived. Remember I told you a few weeks ago, you will be deceived if you're not in the Word here in the last days. 100% guarantee you. And here's why. Because the book of Revelation, Thessalonians, and other places make reference to the fact that the Antichrist and the false prophet will do signs and wonders. There will be fire, there'll be wind, there'll be earthquakes, there'll be powerful things that'll happen. But if people don't know the voice of God, they'll be deceived. See, Elijah had heard the voice. Right now, people are saying, Pastor, we're not going to be here when they Listen, I'm just saying this. Okay? We're not going to be here when the Antichrist You better be careful before the Antichrist gets here because there's a whole lot of deception before he shows up. It's happening now, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> anyway, we must understand that it, we should not get caught up in all the other things connected with, with, with church or Pentecost or anything else. All those things can be good, they can be powerful and awesome, but if we miss the voice of God, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. This is Pentecost Sunday. 120 uh, people up in, the, uh, up in the upper room were impacted by... God being there and God moving among them. Yes, there were tongues of fire on their head. Yes, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. But these individuals did not spend the rest of their life seeking for wind or, or fire again. What they sought out was the Spirit of God and His voice in their life. And because of it, the world was impacted and forever changed. We have got to get to a place in our life 
where we will listen for the voice of God, cover our face, walk into the presence of God, and say, Father, I'm not going to be enamored by anything else. I just want to hear you speak to me. So how do we become good listeners? Number one, remember God is speaking. He hasn't spoken. He has spoken, but He is continuing to speak through His Word and by His Spirit. God spoke everything into existence. God spoke to Moses. He spoke to Elijah and the other prophets. He spoke to the apostles. He placed it in man's heart to record Scripture. Yes, all these things are good and true, but we serve a living God, and we know that He has never stopped speaking since before the beginning of time. The very words that spoke everything into existence as well as the same voice that called many great men and women of God to go and do great things, is the same voice that is calling us today and sustains us today. It's the same voice that that will lead you to the altar for salvation. It's the same voice that spoke peace to you in the middle of an intense trial. It's the same voice that showed you peace in the midst of fear in the storms of life. It's the same voice that Jesus spoke of when He said, Man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And we cannot live without this voice, yet we have so much trouble hearing it. Why? Because we have forgotten that He's speaking. Secondly, how do we hear? How do we become good listeners? We remove the distractions from our lives. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare, There were not many visions. One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. We have two individuals in this account. One that is a boy and naive and and, and really with the innocence of a child, and the other who is aged with vision and his eyes becoming weak. I want to just say something really clear right here that gives us an idea of Eli's spiritual strength. What did the Word of God say about Moses when he went on top of the mountain? His eyes were strong. He was strong. Even though he was aged, that he was going to go be with God. If you look and you see the mighty men of God who were faithful to God, In the book of Joshua, when they go in to possess the land, and you see Caleb, even though he was aged, his eyes were strong. And he said, give me the mountain country, I will take it. See, a man of God isn't going to be exhausted and weak and given up on life while he was still in office. Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. This is telling us about his vision. This is telling about his sight. This man, Eli, was full of distraction. He was lazy. He was a glutton. He was consumed with himself, with his position, his authority. He was consumed with the ministry and the activity of it. He refused to discipline his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, when they were stealing the fatted portions out of the pot and taking it for themselves. And when they were uh, committing adultery with women at the tabernacle. Hmm. 
And because the leadership had, was fearful to discipline, was lazy in his usual place, not seeking out the voice of God, not concerned about the flock whatsoever, there was no vision. There was no word from the Lord. Eli wasn't hearing from God because he was too busy with his own life to worry about hearing from God. Even in this moment, he was too tired. I'd rather just lay down in my usual place. We all have a usual place, don't we? What is your usual place? Most of us, our usual place involves a comfortable sitting position in front of a television. Or we find our usual place in other places. Our, our distractions that may be good to help wind us down for the day or whatever else, a distraction for a moment just to veg and not have to think. But then we begin to pursue the distraction and it becomes our all in all. For a young person, their usual place may be in front of a video game console. Usual places, folks, can be all kinds of things. Places to where we are just so distracted and so comfortable that we don't care if we ever hear from the voice of God again. Busy hands cannot replace listening ears. Busy hands cannot replace listening ears. You say, what do you mean, pastor? Showing up at church every week, doing your ministry duty, filling your life with ministry things. I understand that that there's a lot of activities in the world today, but I'm telling you that just doing ministry and showing up at church is not enough. Making myself busy. Eli was busy with the ministry. If you read in the Old Testament law, you'll see that the priests were busy sacrificing and offerings and and all kinds of stuff and judging and ruling and helping. He was a busy guy. He was apparently so busy that he was consumed with the activity of being a Christian that he didn't listen for the voice of God anymore. Church was good enough. The activity is good enough. I've done my sacrifice. But when it came opportunity that he could have been in the holy place to hear, he was sleeping I feel like that's where our culture is. I think a lot of the church is sleeping right now because they have accepted church attendance to be good enough and people don't open the Word of God throughout the week and they don't pray to find out whether or not God's really speaking to them. Full of distractions, full of events, full of activities, full of go, 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 go. And sometimes you can't help it. There's seasons where it doesn't matter what you do, you can't help it. That's just the way it is. But then there are other seasons we get bored and we fill our lives. Maybe boredom is is God saying, hey, why don't you talk to me? I'll show you some really cool stuff. You think John the Revelator might have been bored on the island of Patmos? He said, hey, come up here, I want to show you something. (laughs) Busy hands cannot replace listening ears. In contrast, we see Samuel. Samuel was given to the service of God as a baby. And he evidently became very infatuated in love with the presence of God. And we see that he was lying in the holy place because the lamp of the Lord had not gone out yet. This holy place is 
the holy place where the priests would go in and serve. And what was taking place was, is that just on the other side of the curtain was the Shekinah glory of God. He could not go in there and live, but he was in this place, the lamp and tending to the lamp and making sure that the oils continued and that it would not go out. He's laying in there to make sure when it was time to do it. He was in the presence of God, but he was also in his spirit and in his innocence. Even though he didn't know the Lord yet, he was listening. He was open. He was in the presence. You see, if we want to hear God, we need to get away from our usual place and be like Samuel who didn't mind laying a long time in the presence of God. Sometimes hearing the voice of God takes some effort, takes some sacrifice, and it takes some time. I am slow in sermon preparation because I don't want to come in here with something from me. I want to come in here with something from God. And it takes time. It takes a lot of time to hear exactly what it is that God wants us to do. And vision requires the voice of God. And in order to hear the voice of God, we must be willing to set our agendas aside and get into His presence. It requires some time, effort, and a little sacrifice to be able to tune into the voice of God adequately. Hearing the voice of God predominantly uh, happens in the prayer closet. Great manifestations at conventions or, or large gatherings are, are nice and good for a move of God in my life. But if this is the only time that I hear God speak, then it's going to give me a clue about my prayer and devotional life. I was just at district council for two days. We had a great time. But folks, if the only time I ever experienced the power of God was at district council, I have a problem. The only time I ever hear the God speak to me is a district council. I have a problem. Communion with God is designed to be an intimate experience between you and your best friend as you get to know one another. It happens while you pray, while you listen, while you read the word and what he has to say to you. You listen for it. And it's nice. It's nice to, to, to be, you know, in these big gatherings. It's nice to be here on a Sunday. But listen, we know we can hide in groups. <laughs> we can hide. We go to we go to a worship uh, conference or we go to something big, and it's like, yeah, Jesus, I love you. I mean, we're we're singing and worshiping, but the reality of it is, is uh, God's going. Excuse me, I know you worship me. Let me. I want to tell you something. I want you to know something. It's easy to beat the kids and 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 scream at your wife on the way into church. Ah! Ah! And then you get here, and it's like, okay, you straighten up everything. Oh, hi, God bless you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. God is so good. Bless God. Oh, I felt the Holy Spirit when you asked me that question. Hallelujah. We can put on the churchy face. You know what I'm saying? But when you get into a prayer closet... And it's just you and God and you're really going in there and there is no show and there is no even manipulation of yourself. You sit down and you say, okay, God, I just have to be honest with you. Um, I realize I messed up. Anytime that I've gone into my prayer closet and there's been an issue and there's been something that I've done wrong, something I've said, something I've done or whatever that God's not pleased with, he doesn't wait till the end to tell me. You know what I'm saying? It's immediate. I go in and sit down. He said, what would you do that for? I know why you did it. Do you know why you did it? Yes, I know why I did it. Well, stop it. 
This is how God and I talk. And usually I'll spend the rest of that time in repentance and Him encouraging me and lifting me up. But you know what? We miss that if we don't ever go into that environment and say, Lord, every day I'm going to bring myself before you and I'm going to allow you to evaluate my heart, my life, my motives. If you will do that, He's going to show you who you are. And if you haven't heard anything, open up the Word of God and He will show you who you are and He will also encourage you and heal you. You see, this relationship, this voice of God has got to be a personal thing. But if we're going to hear from Him, we've got to shut off the distractions. Thirdly, if we're going to hear from God, we must stop thinking only with a natural mind and begin expecting the supernatural. We've got to expect the supernatural. 1 Samuel 3, 5, look at it, verse 5. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So, the, so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at another time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. Folks, I think sometimes we miss God because we're so busy worrying about natural things that we forget that God can supernaturally speak to us. Until you understand that the supernatural can take place in your life, you're not going to prophesy to anyone. You're not going to give a word of knowledge. You won't even speak in tongues, bless God. It's not going to happen because you don't believe that God can supernaturally do anything through you. And when we have that attitude, it puts a door in front of us that we can't step through until we believe. God is speaking, wants to speak, but you're going to have to get your mind constantly off the flesh. Like I used April as an example from years ago. She was so worried thinking, well, it was just me. It was just me. It was just, no, it was God. It's okay to know that God can speak to you and believe that it was God. It is dangerous sometimes for us to get offended when people speak to us, when a minister teaches us, we get offended at them because we accredit as, well, Pastor Bob was just saying this today. Well, he's this, 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 and this. Well, you're probably right. I can probably add to your list. Actually, I know myself really well, and I could make a really long list as to why I shouldn't be your pastor. I'm just not, I can beat myself up worse than anybody else in the world. So if you want to say bad things about me, go ahead. I could make a longer list. The reality of it is this. When I stand up here today, this is not me. Okay, I'm not telling you I'm God or I'm not telling you that I don't have control, have control over my laugh. Control over my mouth. Thank you, Lord. I'm not telling you that I don't have control over my mouth. I'm telling you that I have sought God and this is what He has said for us today. Now, if you ignore it, and you're mad at me about it, I'm sorry. I, it wasn't anything personal. I'm just telling you what God said. It's up to you to listen to it. Get your mind off the flesh. Quit attributing it to an, a man. Sometimes then a pastor will get up and say something great, and we'll take the man, the pastor, and go, this is the greatest man I've ever seen in my life. That's wrong too. Don't do that. It's God. It's, just, it's God. We have to get our minds off of natural things and allow Him to speak to us. 
We have to also remember that just because it's a man saying it doesn't mean that we can ignore it. You say, well, gee, just Pastor Bob, he, he said it, but I don't have to listen to that. Listen, Pharaoh wouldn't listen to Moses either. Right? Because he was a man. And people in Jesus' hometown didn't revere him and respect him as the Messiah, and he, could, he didn't do many miracles there. He just laid hands on a few people and healed them. But that tells me, according to Scripture, there's a whole lot more he could have done, but the people were so flesh-minded and natural, they couldn't hear the voice of God, even though there were miracles. Pharaoh couldn't hear the voice of God through Moses, even though there were miracles. People couldn't hear that Jesus was God, even though there were miracles. Why? Because they're so concerned about who he was and where he was from. Oh, look, that's his mom over there. She's so cute. (laughs) Listen, folks, we've got to stop it. And when God has spoken to us, we need to take it in, we need to chew on it, and we need to check it against the Word, make sure this is what God has said. And when God says it, and it's true, it doesn't matter how hard it is to swallow, you better swallow it. And you better live it, and you better obey it. Because if you aren't listening to it and you aren't obeying it, you're not His sheep. Can't believe it took this man of God three times to figure out it was the voice of God. It's a sign of deep depravity when the people of God have to be repeated to over and over and over before they ever hear the voice of God. We've got to get our mind off worldly things. As long as we are consumed with this world, we are deaf toward God and He's calling. His voice thunders over the waters as we talked about last week. But the attitude of Samuel said, I may not have it all together. I may not always recognize or hear God. I may not understand all that He does. I may miss out on some self-pampering time, but I do value God. I value the time that we have together. I love to be alone with Him. And when I hear the voice of God, I will obey it as well as speak it. Lastly, the reward for listening is revelation and promotion. Revelation and promotion. Samuel was promoted. God had negative things to say to Eli, very positive things to say to Samuel. And we know this about Samuel is that he did not mess up. He finished strong. And he said this, says this about him in verses 19 through 21 of chapter 3. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. How many of you like to be with, know that God's with you? Listen, man, I have gone through some storms in my life. And I can tell you this, it's, there is no greater feeling than knowing that God is with me. And that I am in His will, and no matter what happens, God is with me. He hasn't deserted me. He's not sleeping in my boat. Can I get an amen? He's with me. Samuel was with God and God was with Samuel. Why? Because Samuel learned early to listen and to obey. And he let none of his words fall to the ground. Samuel, everything that God spoke to him, he told other people. Samuel was a man that was 
a prophet and was able to speak what God had spoken to him. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. All of Samuel's life, all that he went through, all that he did and endured his entire life, he served faithfully to God because he was a listener. The key to living a successful Christian life is finding and spending time in the holy, pit, holy place. People saw him as a prophet. When we come into the presence of God, we will speak what God has spoken to us. As Alyssa or somebody comes up here, I, I want to encourage you with this message this morning. I, I have told our interns when they've interned with us, the most important thing that you can do. I remember sharing this with Pastor Zach as an intern. Sit right out here in my car we talked about it. Remember talking to me out here in the car one day on a Tuesday? You don't remember, do you? I thought you took notes of everything. He's going to remember when I say it. We sit out here right outside this window in my car on a Tuesday after we went and had lunch. And uh, Tuesdays were our dates, lunch date. We would go and I'd pour into Zach probably some stuff he wished he wouldn't have gotten. But we sit here and I said, Zach, the greatest thing you can do in ministry as a pastor, whether it be for students or adults, don't don't lose me, folks. Look at me because this is for all of us. Okay? The greatest thing you can do is to love God enough and love yourself enough to go in and to seek Christ in your prayer closet. Love your family enough when you get one to tell them what God told you. And then love the people you're leading in the church, whether it be youth, adults, whatever, enough to tell them what God told you. But it starts by coming to your prayer closet and loving yourself and loving God enough to say, I need you to speak to me. It's that simple. That's ministry. How do I minister to my friends? You go into your prayer closet, you find out what God said, you come out, you tell them. That's ministry 101. That's ministry in a nutshell. Whether it's God speaking to you through a word in the Bible, whether it's God speaking to your heart that lines up with the word in the Bible, whether it's a situation, whatever it may be, you tell them. Oh, I forgot one part of it. Obey it. <laughs> Love yourself and them enough to obey it, live it, and then tell them about it. It's vital. We have to do these things. So, so that's, that's the importance of going in to hear the word in our lives. Now, some of you say, Pastor, this is a really basic teaching this morning it is basic and here's some you know here's some action points for us remember God is speaking I want you to remember that this week when you leave here today remember that he is speaking he wasn't speaking today he's speaking to you just like he spoke to the apostles remember that and Jesus is not a respecter of persons okay He's not a respecter of persons. He's not going to pick and choose who he's going to speak to. He would like to speak to all. Moses said, I wish that all God's people would prophesy. You know what? God said, I do too. So he filled us with his spirit. It's by the spirit of God on this Pentecost Sunday that we are empowered and that we are led and that we are ministered to and we are called. That's how it works. 
and they, the, the, the Pharisee come to Jesus. I said, I know, he said, I know you're not a respecter of persons. What that means is, is he's going to speak to anybody that wants to come and ask him a question to listen. So remember, he is speaking to you. He is available to speak. Remove the distractions from your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to point them out. God, what is it that I need to give up? What is it that's pulling me out of my prayer closet? When I go into my prayer closet and I pray, is this the only thing I'm thinking about? If it is, it's very possible that could be an idol in your life. Allow the Spirit of God to minister to you and grow you in this area. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. God wants to fill you with His presence. He wants to pour His Spirit out upon you in such a way not to make you act goofy, strange, weird, or anything else, but to empower you and commission you as a prophet of God. That's what He wants to do. That way we'll be able to not be controlled by our flesh, but to be led by the Spirit. Lastly, expect revelation. Expect God to show you something new every day. Now I wish every day... Uh, as a young believer, that God showed me something new. But, but some days are difficult, some days are hard. Some days you find something, some days you don't. Don't confine him to a five-minute period and think, God, you have five minutes to speak to me. Better hurry up. i got to get to work. i got to do this. Open yourself up to him all day, but let it begin in that prayer closet. Let it begin in that time. Says, Lord, I'm here. If he doesn't speak to you in your scripture that moment or in your prayer time that moment, don't get heartless and freaked out and upset. You've got... 24-7 with a God that speaks. He's going, he's going to minister to you. Don't get stressed out about it. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't get frustrated. He will. Listen. You say, Pastor, why'd you say all this? Because I know this much. And I'm about to close. I promise. We have had this May. May is always like crazy busy. Right? graduations, open houses, parties, weddings, you name it. There's just tons of stuff in May. I know you do. And I know this about you and I. You get up, out of bed in the morning, try to get the sleep out of your eyes, try to brush your teeth, try to get a shower. I hope you do all that stuff. Amen. And you get in the car and you go to work and you, you just bust it for eight hours and, and longer, sometimes 10, 12 hours. You come home, you've got kids that have got to get to activities, you've got church things, you've got all these things that will vie for your time and keep you going. But I want to remind our people today that busy hands cannot replace listening ears. Stop. You've got to find a time to stop and listen. And if you do, God may just have an answer for you on the circumstance that you're dealing with. Amen. Father, this is a Memorial Day weekend. There's a lot of things taking place, a lot of busyness in our lives. My prayer is, Lord, that we'd be people who will remove distractions and begin to seek you. Every head bowed and eye closed, I just want to ask you a question. I want you to be honest with me. How many of us realize and can honestly say 
that my devotional life and prayer life is not what it should be. Would you be brave enough to be honest? Hands are going up already. Would you be brave enough and honest enough with me and say, Pastor, I need to make an improvement. Put them up high. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Yes. Almost all of us, probably 75%. You can put them down. You know what that tells me? tells me that some of you are sheep that are listening and you've heard what the Lord has spoken to your heart and now you have to obey so as we dismiss today I encourage you to even find time today open your Bible up and say Lord what do you have to say to me